Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast. It's the college basketball edition here on Spotify. My name is Adam Glick, joined today by Josh Spape. Josh, how are you doing? It's middle of January. We're in the heart of conference play. It's getting exciting. It's getting very exciting. Things are definitely warming up, and they're warming up for me, too. I'm spending a nice week-long vacation, seeing some family down in South Florida. Much better weather here than the disaster that is Chicago during this time of year, but taking advantage of all the hoops that I can while I'm at. Yeah, and it's been an incredible season. We'll talk about it, but no clear number one top teams losing to unranked teams at home. A lot of shakeup in the top 25 big upsets throughout conference play. And, you know, you talk about the weather. It's getting very hot on Chris Beard's seat in the Texas Longhorns. We're going to start with them first here today. Obviously, up and down season, light schedule. They're now in the gauntlet of the Big 12, one of the best conferences this year in college basketball. They're sitting at 3-3 three and three after last night's Really disappointing loss to Kansas State, who is a quad three loss, according to my sources as of right now. Could fall into quad two. Well, we will see. But we talked about this earlier in the year. The resume doesn't have a lot of meat on it. So you can't really take these losses. What did, or they lost 66 65, excuse me. But what did you see last night from this Texas team that really concerns you moving forward? Um, a lot. I mean, talk about a complete faltering for probably the last, I don't know, 30 minutes of the game. The first half, they looked good. They jumped out to, I don't even know if they were up by double digits at any point. They were up by like nine with nine minutes left in the first half. And the offense kind of just ground to a halt. At the half, they had a ridiculous number of their points from free throws, which was Good. And, you know, you like to see your guys hitting free throws, but down the stretch, they're missing those free throws. Kansas State, by the way, shot nine of 16 from the line last night. Texas still couldn't find a way to close out down the stretch. This is the team that I know you mentioned they might fall into quad two territory, but as of right now, they're the worst team in the Big 12. But anything's possible. The same team just beat Texas Tech, albeit at home, after Tech just won two massive games the week before that. So, I mean, this gauntlet of the Big 12 is impossible. Texas specifically just needs to find the rhythm. I mean, Trey Mitchell just couldn't get it going last night, didn't play very much. Timmy Allen, he's he's not taking as many shots as I would like him to. And it seems like Marcus Carr finally like took over and started being the scoring threat that he can be. But it's going to be a common theme that we've talked about on this show. And I always harp on Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, two oldest guys in this team, probably two of the oldest guys in the big 12 right now have just such an inability to score the basketball. It's baffling. Like you would think that by now, if you're 24 years old and you're playing college basketball, you can score on other guys that are sometimes six years younger than you. No, just can't do it. One of eight from three combined, four of 14 from the field combined for the two of them last night. And they're just weighing the team down. seems like we don't have scoring threats. We can play some defense, which is Chris Beard's specialty. But where is the offense, Adam? Can you, can you tell me where it went? Um, it's really been nowhere. And it's honestly, you talked about Marcus Karkheim taking a role last night. But other than really last night and his performance, you know, this team has really struggled to mesh well together. You don't have a lot of players scoring a lot of points. You talk about the struggles shooting from the outside the arc. This team has not shot well all year from three-point land. 
They cannot have consistent shooters. And when you don't have consistent shooters, how are you going to win dogfights in a really good conference in the Big 12? Listen, they play great defense, so they're going to be in basically every single game in the Big 12, and not in my opinion. But they're not going to win these games when it's coming down the stretch where you need a basket, you need a guy to score the ball. They don't have that. And it's just the inconsistencies of this team of who's going to play well on a given night. They have so many players, but actually it's been their downfall because of Chris Beard's really struggled finding the right lineup. Like Lee Cohn is now playing big minutes. Does he deserve it? I don't know. He is not a college basketball. Like he should not be playing in this conference right now. There's no offense to him. I love him, but like, how is he getting meaningful minutes when you're playing the likes of Kansas and Baylor, like it just should not happen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you have 10 guys you're playing on a given night, you, you need, you can't find the right role allocation. And Chris Beard has struggled with that. And um, that last night I heard, I actually didn't go to the game. They had an incredible crowd, like give Chris Beard credit Tuesday night. Never would have had it. It's because of the hub chub deal, the hub chub deal. Yes. First seven fifty students, but guess what? You want to keep that going? You better win those games. You want <laughs> you we cannot lose those games. And we can't win. Exactly. You cannot lose to Kansas State at home. So obviously it's still early. They have 12 games left in the conference slate, three and three right now. They play an Oklahoma State team that is playing for nothing, but still very scary because they already beat them and they also beat Baylor the other last weekend. So be careful. You don't want to have another quad two, quad three loss at home on Saturday. But this team really needs to get going because I don't know, Josh, if you've looked at the schedule. Oh, I was just about up, to talk about it with you because it is, oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, my goodness is right. They play Oklahoma State this weekend at home. Then they go to TCU, who's now emerged as a bubble team and very capable of making the tournament. And then they have a gauntlet, like an absolute just. This is the same possible. I, they might win like six games in conference this year. I know. And listen, you know, that's still doable. We've seen it with Big Ten teams if you have a good non-conference. But guess what? Chris Beard did the worst non-conference schedule in the Big 12. Yeah. So I'm very concerned with this team. We will see where they go from here. But as of right now, if I'm the committee looking at this resume of Texas, thanks for coming. Have fun. Go to the NIT. NIT. Get some home games. You know, have a good time. Yeah, I mean, we won the NIT a few years yeah. ago. That was fun. We could win it again. Let's let's do it again. It's it's we're all dying. To- <laughs> yeah, and you know, listen, this is my last year at UT. Hopefully, I would like to see one tournament win, and I am getting very skeptical of that. You know how I many it was had? almost a lock. You know how many I had in my four years? Zero. Zero. Yeah, yeah. So For- best of luck to you. I will say though, yeah, we had no non-conference schedule. Our first six games, with the exception of the road game at Iowa State, have been against all of the unranked mid to bottom teams of the Big 12, and we're three and three. Yeah. You're going to play Baylor twice. You're going to play Kansas twice. You're going to play Tech twice. How, how many of those games are we expecting to win? One? Two? One? Two. One? Oh, my God. I, ugh, it's, it's brutal. And once we actually get closer to those games, we'll talk about it. We'll see if the team bounces back. But as of right now, it's looking like the NIT for sure. Yeah, unless we're winning those games, we're going to the NIT. Why are we, we even ranked in the AP poll? I think that's just disrespectful to other teams that deserve to be there more than us. Yeah. I don't care if, if we win by 1,000 on Saturday. We should not be ranked going into the next week. A quad three loss, we shouldn't be. 
yeah, no quality wins on the resume. But long season to go. Let's move on. We got a lot of storylines in some of these top-tier conferences that we have to talk about, in my opinion. We'll start with the ACC, and we saw it last night. Duke, who I think is a national t- national title contender and probably on in their best form, I think is the best team in the country, maybe Purdue, but they lost again to Florida State. Obviously, Florida State, you know, Leonard Hamilton's teams, they – they show up for those kind of games. They get those big wins when you don't, when you least expect them. But this Florida State team is not the same as they were a couple of years ago before COVID, and they were not even close to the tournament. They win that game. But a team that we have talked about, Josh, that came out of nowhere, and it looked like they were going to do nothing going into a conference play, Miami. They sit atop the ACC right now, and they are, other than Duke, the best chance to make the tournament. I want your opinion. How many bids is this team, this conference going to get? North Carolina, you want to say hello to the bubble, Texas? Carolina, say hello. They're I don't know the if they're going to get boat. in. They're in the exact same boat. I mean, the only the only thing about North Carolina is that they've got very quality losses to Purdue, yeah. Tennessee, and Kentucky. But they've got run out of the building in a lot of those games. That is true. They lost by almost 30 to Kentucky and <laughs> basically double digits to Purdue and Tennessee. I don't know. UNC, I agree, is definitely on the bubble right now. Once again, that's another team that's starting conference play, and they've got bad losses to Notre Dame. And then I guess Miami is is turning out to be a team that we like. Their non-conference schedule was not great. I mean, losing to UCF and Dayton, but Dayton's looking like a better team. We'll talk about them when we discuss the A-10. UCF is okay. Regardless, you go to Miami and you lose by 28. That's just, I don't care if you have a new head coach, like you're yeah. the university of North Carolina, you're blue. Blue. What are you doing? So, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this is hard to evaluate. I think that Duke and Miami definitely have the highest chance. I think Florida state's right there picking up that win against Duke. As long as they have less than like 11 losses at the end of the year, they're probably going to get in. We've seen them as a double digit seed, make a splash in the past. So Happy to have them in that position. I don't know. The rest of this conference, as you as you mentioned, UNC is eh. Notre Dame almost lost to Howard earlier, <laughs> yeah. which would have been interesting. So there's there's just no strength here. The ACC last year was starting to fall apart. Wake Forest is 14 and four, but they had a really, really cupcake non-conference schedule. They don't really have any quality wins right now. So, oh, I guess they beat Florida State by 22. That's pretty big. But We'll see. I, as of right now, I really, I, I think the ACC getting less than four bids would be like a gigantic problem for the conference. I don't think that's going to happen. They'll probably get about four or five and it'll just take some time. And some of those upsets, Duke is going to drop games in their non-conference. It's just a question of whether or not they're able to still win the conference and it's mid January. So they've got time, but this conference looks so weak. Keep an eye on Alana space, Pittsburgh Panthers. They refuse to die after a terrible start to the season in which we berated them on this podcast. They have come to life picking up wins here and there. They've got a pretty big game coming up against Virginia who looks horrible this year. So anything's possible. Yeah. And honestly, because you mentioned the conference being so down, if you want to make the tournament, really the biggest only win that you're going to get that's going to help your resume out most of the time is you're going to have to beat Duke. 
throughout the conference. These teams like Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Louisville, who, you know, could make the tournament, in my opinion, they have to beat Duke. Otherwise, I don't see them getting in. Florida State and Miami, they've accomplished their mission. Congrats. So now you play a decent schedule the rest of the year, you're going to get in, in my opinion. And North Carolina, you got to beat Duke once. Will you do it? This team is not good. This UNC team does not have anything on paper that excites me. Florida State and Miami, by the way, play each other. Yes. They already, I think they already played each other, and it was a one, yeah, one point game. Florida State won at home. In Coral Gables again on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. That's a big bubble game for sure. And, um, but yeah, North Carolina, they don't play defense. So good luck to that. They really don't. And that was the big issue that they had during their non conference schedule, too. So get it together. Yeah, so we will see four or five bids as of right now, what Josh and I are thinking. Let's move to the always exciting Big Ten Conference. This year, once again, just an absolute just war going on in this conference. Already, you have, I think, six teams within a game of each other in the standings in the loss column. And you have Wisconsin. Illinois, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, all ranked in the top 25, all in the top 20, actually. But I think Purdue and Wisconsin are above the rest right now of those three teams. Josh, what are you thinking in terms of bids and possible, you know, final four contenders from the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, Illinois-Purdue was a great game a couple days ago. Obviously, Purdue needed that bounce back win very, very much so. Had to go to double overtime to get it, but they've already lost to Wisconsin in conference play, who, as you mentioned, looks good. And they also had that bad road loss at Rutgers, who you, you can't drop that game at the beginning of conference play. Like Rutgers is four and two right now, but they haven't really played anybody outside of you know that win against Purdue in conference. They've lost to everybody else that's important. So I don't know. I might, I might throw Illinois right up there in contention. They've looked really, really good after kind of a rough start to the season, getting their feet under them, not having Io Desunmu, kind of getting Kobe Coburn back and rolling again. And frankly, I like a lot of what I see out of this team, even though they lost against Purdue and that barn burner on Monday. They've, they've got a lot in the tank. They got Andre Corbello back. He'll be a, a big dominant threat. We'll preview some of their upcoming games against Michigan State and North and Wisconsin coming up in the next few weeks. So that'll be huge. Johnny Davis on Wisconsin, though, is just unbelievable. He's probably one of the best sophomores that this league has had in a long, long time. He's currently averaging 22 points a game, seven and a half rebounds. He's he's everywhere. He's a monster. He's, he goes out and scores almost 30 points every single night, especially in conference play. And frankly, Wisconsin has always been a defensive team. But whenever they get a strong scoring threat, think Frank Kaminsky on that team that made Natty, you know, you're, you're going to have a team that sits at the top of this conference. So I do agree with you on that. Purdue, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. I think they've got the bones of a championship team. You know, Matt Painter is an absolute genius and he's got an incredible roster of some gigantic big men and some very talented guards. So it's, it's just going to be that cannibalism of everybody comes after everybody. The real question for me is whether or not Ohio State can buy a win because, frankly, it yeah. seems like they can't, and they're just going to drop games left and right and then maybe make a resurgence in late February. It seems like what they do every year. Yeah, uh, you said that. I think Ohio State's just 
a little bit below the cut line of these top teams in the Big Ten, and I don't see them beating many of the teams that you talked about with um, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, even Michigan State. I, I Listen, credit Tom Izzo. I didn't think this Michigan State team with all the young pieces they had would be this good. I know they lost that heartbreaker this past weekend in Northwestern, but they've had an incredible year. They were on a huge loss. winning streak. Yeah, it's a bad loss, I know. But they had, you know, they're still 14 and three. They can still fight for a top four seed in the tournament. I mean, they're gonna be fine. Question I have is the team the three teams that I'm keeping an eye on for bids, other than the ranked teams, Indiana, Iowa, and Rutgers. I think those are the only three teams not in the top 25 in the Big Ten that could conceivably make a tournament. Rutgers has a Big hill to climb, but Iowa and Indiana, I think, are the two that are realistic at this point. Michigan, I think, is done. Done? You're going to write them off now in mid-January? What if they go on a run? I don't think they're good enough to go on a run. I've seen them play, and I just – I can't – I don't like them at all. Yeah. I mean, I – they're not picking up wins where they need to. So, they also lost to Rutgers. We'll see what happens. They play Indiana on Sunday, but – I do agree with you. Indiana and Iowa both have their amazing scoring threats. You know, Trace Jackson Davis has just been hungry for an opportunity to play in a tournament. He's averaging once again, like 19 and nine, as he does every year. The rest of this team kind of just needs to build around him and continue to make some wins off of that. Iowa, you know, they've got this guy, Keegan Murray. He's kind of good. Jordan Bohannon's still on that team. He can shoot the ball. So for them, I think it's about defense, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be, that cannibalism. I think if either of those two teams can pick up some good wins against top teams on top of making sure that they stay at least above like 75% beating some of the bottom of the conference, they should be able to get in for like a seven to a 10 seed. No problem. The big 10 is always deep. They always get at least six or seven teams on years like this. And I I agree. I think that's probably what we're going to see here. Yeah. And You know, we're not going to touch on all these conferences because that could take forever. So we're going to just the last big conference we're going to touch on here is the SEC. I think that's a conference we should be talking about. We already mentioned the Big 12, Big East for people that don't know. Villanova's Villanova, Seton Hall, good-ish, UConn, good-ish, you know, Marquette, maybe. But it's really Villanova in the Big East. So we want Shaka Smart back at Texas. because We might. People are already calling. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy, but let's talk about the SEC and we might have a new best team in the country. And that team is the Auburn Tigers. They're so good. I, you know, you think Auburn football, but their basketball team is incredible. All these players last year, by the way, Josh, I don't know if you knew this. They didn't, they weren't on the team. They didn't play for Auburn. They're starting five. I mean, Jabari's, Smith, the freshman, might be one of the best players in the country. And he's averaging 16 a game. I think he's awesome. You also have Katie Johnson. You have Walker Kessler, who I think came from North Carolina. Flanagan. I mean, this team is big. They're athletic, and they play great defense. And they've been battle-tested. They've had some games where they have to come back and just claw their way to victory. The St. Louis game, even last weekend, the old Miss game, they were down a lot. and. You know, they just keep winning. They're 16 and one. I think they're going to be a number one, number two seed on selection Sunday and a final four threat to make it to New Orleans and possibly win the whole thing. And then 
You know, I think there's two other teams that could make a run to the final four in Kentucky and LSU. I really like the LSU Tigers. And then, you know, then you have a lot of bubble teams. Tennessee is not on the bubble, but I don't think they're good. And I think they're going to drop seed lines as the weeks move on. But what do you see from the SEC? And uh, who do you like as a team that in this conference that maybe no one's talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, you said it best. Auburn looks like a team that's got another Bruce Pearl Final Four run. Obviously, it was a lot less expected a few years ago when they did it, but they just keep winning games. I mean, you've got their second leading scorer is a transfer from Eastern Kentucky. They're just putting it together. Like These are the kind of things that I wish Texas was doing. And I know you touched on Jabari Smith, but honestly, he looks like one of the best freshmen in the country. He's already out there leading this team, and it shows when they're able to come back in those tough games. We'll discuss it a little bit more further on, but Kentucky-Auburn, Saturday, 1230 Central. That is a gigantic game. Sign me up. CBS, get in front of your TV. So that'll be huge. I think Alabama falling off the map was interesting. Obviously, we were really high on them. Kind of ever since they lost that game to Iona, it doesn't seem like they have the same thunder that they did last year. And frankly, I'm curious to see what's going on with this team. I don't have super high hopes, but I am constantly monitoring the Vanderbilt Commodores just because they're always terrible. Scotty Pippen Jr. is on the team, and they're in the middle of the pack of the SEC right now. Maybe they can string a couple wins together. A&M, though, this team just you know refuses to lose. They've just gone 15-2. and two. They have a terrible schedule outside of their two losses to Wisconsin and uh, – who else did they lose to? And TCU. They haven't played anybody else. They uh, they actually played tonight against Kentucky. Look for them to get absolutely wiped. Kentucky's only a seven-point favorite in that game. So we'll see if they're made of anything. The rest of this conference, though, I'm not, I'm not super thrilled with. Arkansas has been okay. LSU has been good, but they drop games every once in a while. The SEC is definitely stronger this year than it was last year. It's good to have that blue blood in Kentucky looking strong. I think – Oscar Shibwe, obviously, is one of the best big men in the country right now. He gets rebounds like it's nobody's business, and Ty Ty Washington looks good, too. So, I don't know. Are, are there other teams in this conference that you think are are looking strong that I haven't touched on? I mean, I would keep my eye on Mississippi State. I think they're going to be a bubble team. They're close. They survived Alabama this past weekend, 78-76. Obviously, they play at – they're going to need to beat probably Kentucky or LSU or Auburn. They also play Texas Tech in the uh, challenge. So That's keep an eye out. Big challenge. SEC Big 12 will be huge. It's going to be huge. And, you know, Mississippi State, the conference really needs them to get in. I don't see a lot of bids from this conference, honestly. I think six max. I was going to say five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Because Arkansas is now like squarely on the bubble. They went from top 10, 15 team to on the bubble, and Alabama went from top five to not even ranked. Yeah, I don't really know who Arkansas has left. They lost both of their major scores from last year, Moses Moody yeah. and Justin Smith. So it's kind of just running with what they've got left. And But then they went, you know, Arkansas went last weekend. They beat LSU on the road. Without LSU just goes and drops games like this that nobody expects. And it's just like, I, I don't have a firm grip on what this team is like. I, I like them. They put yeah. games together. Like, I like Tari Eason. He's a, he's a solid sophomore. And Darius Days looks good too, but... I don't know. Also, Xavier Pinson being on that team is kind of cool. It's a it's an interesting twist of a transfer. So 
LSU will definitely be probably a top three SEC team in my mind, but they got to stop dropping games to teams like Arkansas. Yeah, for sure. But this conference, I think, is the second best. How? Or third third best behind. Big, I think it's, it's Big, Big Ten and Big 12 and then SEC. Yeah, and then Big East, honestly. I don't – and then Pac-12. Pac-12 is very top-heavy. Yeah, extremely top-heavy, and then there's nobody else. Pac-12, and then the ACC, I think, is the worst of the powers. Of the power five, for sure. Yeah. Definitely the bottom. Yeah. So let's switch gears here from the power five and get to our favorite subject, or really mine, the mid-major storylines. A lot of really interesting conference races in the mid-major ranks right now as we head into middle of January you know, we always talk about what mid-major conferences can get multiple bids in the NCAA tournament. And you usually look, and then this year is the case, same thing, the A-10, the Mountain West, sometimes Missouri Valley, and occasionally the Ohio Valley. And again, that's They're the like situation one-offs. we have. They're like one-offs. Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley, it's like a, an odd year where one of them slips yeah. in as a play in 11, like Drake did last year. Yeah, exactly. So... Let's first talk about the A-10. We have seen a lot of shifting in this conference throughout this season already. It's been crazy. I I don't know who's going to win on a given night, but all of a sudden, you know who has the longest winning streak in college basketball other than the Auburn Tigers? Davidson. The Davidson Wildcats. So good. They keep surviving games. Again and again, they just somehow win. And it's like, how did they do this last night? Fall in the game the whole time. They're playing at BCU, one of the toughest environments in the country, let alone the A-10. Losing the entire time, they get some big baskets at the end. They hold on the last possession. They win by two points. The other last weekend, they went to Richmond, another tough environment. They hit a ridiculous three with four seconds left to win that game. They just keep winning. They started the year one and two. They lost to two good teams, two good mid-majors, San Francisco and New Mexico State, and they have not lost since. They obviously have that marquee win. It's not looking as good as it once was, but still big marquee win that they need to have in the Alabama game that they won by one point. And they're right now, I mean, it's not. It's still a lot of games to go because it's the A-10. You never know what's going to happen, but they're obviously the best chance at getting an at-large bid and it would be in A-10's best interest for Davidson to keep doing well and then not win the conference tournament. But Josh, other than Davidson, is there any team in this conference that could get an at-large bid? I mean, we're high on the Bonnies, but they're They're done. I think they're done. They're done? For an at-large. I mean, they lost to Dayton. They lost to Vatek. They lost to UConn and they lost to Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa was the only bad loss of those four. Yeah, but I, I just don't have confidence in this team. They beat Boise State. They beat Clemson. They beat Marquette. They beat yeah. Buffalo. They just I don't look good, they beat though. Like, I, I know they don't look good, and they, they put off a lot of games because of COVID. We'll see. I think, you know, going down the stretch, they've got to play Davidson at home. They don't have to go to Davidson, which is huge. If you win that game, honestly, if they only lose like three or four, Four more games the rest of the year, they're still in that boat for me. If they're like 23 and seven and they've got a bunch of quad one wins yeah, and some quad one losses too, then they're still right there for me. I think, you know, the, the bubble this year is kind of similar to the bubble last year. 
you're going to start having a conversation of, do I really want to put this middle of the pack power conference team in? They haven't done anything. They have 12 yeah. losses or would I rather have a six or seven loss team from the A-10? So we'll see. But Dayton might have a better chance. This team, we've, we've talked about this team on the podcast. They're impossible to follow. They win games that nobody understands. They beat the Bonnies last night. By 18. By 18. They started the year with three losses to terrible teams and then proceeded to win the ESPN Invitational over Miami, Kansas, and Belmont, which that win against Miami didn't mean a lot then, means a ton now. They're yeah. in the ACC. So I, I don't know. The, the committee is going to have an absolute field day looking at some of these teams and going, how do you operate? Like, where, where does this come from? But I think they're, they're right there in the conversation. Having six losses is not great, especially because some of those might be Q3, Q4 losses. We're going to have to look into that a little further on. But yeah, I think between Dayton and the Bonnies, the A10 is definitely weaker than yeah. usual in terms of their depth this year, especially since VCU looks pretty bad. Yeah, I think Dayton's probably not going to get that large just because they have a lot. They're going to have a lot of double digit losses, in my opinion, by the end of the year. I just can't see them getting in. And they have Kansas three, and Miami. I know, but they have three Q4 losses. I'm they're pretty sure. All quad four. Pre, those teams are all horrible. So oh I'm pretty God, sure they're so bad. Oh, I know it's so bad. So, but I think Dayton is going to be the biggest bid stealer potential of any team in the nation come a 10 tournament time the team that i actually think slight chance i don't know if they're going to do it but slight chance getting an at-large no one's talking about st louis they actually look pretty good they're 11 and 5 2 and 1 in the conference their only loss is that road loss to dayton in the conference so far they won that really interesting four losses yeah confirmed yeah God. Sorry, go or, I know, but th- they played that unscheduled uh, game against Iona. That actually, they won by one point at home. Big win. They also, you know, they have the win against Boise State. They they beat Boston College twice. It's not very good, but I guess you know it's okay. And they lost to Auburn. If they could have won that Auburn game, I think they would have get at large potential. But I don't know if they're an at large team. I just think they're playing really well and they're. Their defense is really stellar. I think they can make a run at the top to maybe even win this league. But right now, I think this is a two-bid league at the moment, but could be one. Yeah, it's it's really going to be a bid-stealer kind of situation. Or like I said, if the Bonnies don't win the conference and they look good down the stretch. Yeah, so we will see a lot of interesting stuff, as always, in the Atlantic 10. You talk about cannibalism in the Big Ten every year. Also, the A10 when it comes to mid-major basketball, it's the baby. It's the baby child. It really is. It's 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 fun to watch though for sure. Let's move to the Mountain West. This conference is actually really good. You, it's good every year. Yeah, if you don't know some of these teams, you better look at it. Let's look at the top five teams in this conference. They're all so good. Boise State, Wyoming, San Diego State, Colorado State, Fresno State. Do any of these teams lose at home? The answer no. is no. Never. Never. These environments are incredible that no one talks about. They have, like, listen, Colorado State's probably the best chance that at large. They should get in that large unless they implode. Then you have San Diego State, who's looking a lot better as of right now, but they've had a COVID pause, so I'm a little concerned. We will see how they do this Saturday. A big game at home against Boise State. 
And then we have three interesting teams. I don't think Fresno State can get in that large, but Wyoming and Boise State starting to get talked about when it comes to the at-large discussion. Wyoming has two losses. It's not a lot of losses. No. And listen, I mean, you know, they didn't beat anyone is the problem, but their losses are to Arizona on the road and Stanford on a neutral site. So you don't have any Q3, Q4 losses at the moment, which for a mid-major is huge. You have an interesting, probably a Q2 win on the road at Grand Canyon. You also beat Washington. That's probably Q3 now because they're horrible. They're but, yeah, they beat Utah State. Could be Q2 on the road. They also went to Nevada in one. Also could be Q2. So they have some Q2 possible wins on the resume, and they have no bad losses as of right now. So keep an eye on Wyoming. But I think this conference is set to be two bids unless there is a bid stealer. Boise State also has come out of nowhere. Listen, our good friend Mason would hates this would hate this team. This team does not hit free throws, but <laughs> they have won ten games in a row quietly. And if they started to hit some kind of free throws, they oh would be very God. scary. Do you know what they're actually shooting from the line right now? Well, coming into last night, there was sixty percent as a team, and yep. I don't think 60. they shot well last night. Sixty. Yeah, that that is atrocious. They're two eleven yeah. of three fifty one on the year. They've missed 140 yeah. free throws and it's mid-January. Yeah. Really so I want to get them in the gym. <laughs> I know. I want to get your thoughts on this conference. Where are the teams that you think are going to make tournament? What seeds do you see them getting? Well, I mean, Colorado State obviously is, you know, yeah. my favorite mid major. I think this team is unbelievable. They only have one disgusting loss to San Diego State by 30 points. Before I dive into this, though, I, I did a little research just now on the point that mm-hmm. you just made. Between these five teams, how many of them do you think are undefeated at home? At least four. I want to say five. It's four. Okay. Yeah. Four. Boise. Boise has two eh, losses oh, at yeah. to St. Louis and Cal Bakersfield, which yeah. are not good losses. For that reason, then to answer your question, Boise is kind of lower on my list. They need to start playing some big names in the conference before I really have a lot of faith in them. They mm-hmm. go to Viejas and play San Diego State on Saturday. Aztecs should win that game. I think Boise State could be in the bid stealer contention, but as of right now, they're on the outside looking in. Yeah. Same with Wyoming. They need to build their resume too. But between San Diego State and Colorado State, right now, those teams look strong. I mean, this COVID pause that you mentioned, it's going to be interesting for the Aztecs. Matt Mitchell has been exactly what you've needed of him this year. The defense on this team is just suffocating, which – I know I don't have to tell you that, but yeah. it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think both of these teams right now are probably higher single digits, lower double digits, kind of like that 8 to 10, 11 range right now. Colorado State, though, they only have that one loss. I mean, if they, if they keep playing this out and they go into March pre-conference tournament with only, say, three or four losses and they wind up going to the tournament as like a 25 and 5 team. Six seed range six seed yeah and then that 6-11 game can you imagine if they played like a plan oh my yeah. god that'd be so They're very similar to that buffalo team a few years ago that got a six seed in the turn yeah and they were they were pretty good so and they cool. can score like colorado state exactly colorado state can score with the best except when they don't against san diego state so it'll be interesting to monitor fresno state i think they need to have some resume boosters as well i think you touched on it but Actually, they don't have 
their only bad loss I see this year is the Cal, which is still a major conference team that'll definitely be on the road. Not yeah. one on the road. Yeah, they lost at San Francisco, top team in the West Coast. They lost to Utah, middle of the Pac Pac 12, and then they lost to Boise State, which is likely Boise State's best win right now. So it'll be interesting. All of these teams have very, they don't have much overlap right now through the beginning of conference play. Let's see them play each other and. Some more cannibalism in another mid-major conference. I know. And the problem is these teams, you talk about incredible home records. If you want to make the tournament, if you're Wyoming, Boise State, and even possible Fresno State, you got to win on the road against State and Colorado State. And then the teams that we just talked about, you got to win some road games. So we'll see cannibalism in all mid-major leagues, as we always see, but especially in the A-10 and also the Mountain West this year. Before we get to the wild Wednesday whack that I love to talk about. I'll talk about them any day of the week. I want Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley. Can we get two bids? I think in the Missouri Valley, we definitely can if Lyola Chicago does not win this tournament because they look, I don't want to say lock, but they look really good right now. They've they had keep some playing everybody's so close though. I know it's very scary. They keep all they don't they Never. They did last night. They killed, uh, I think, Evansville. But they have not looked good. They should have two losses in this conference already. But I'm looking at this conference. North, I know you, Northern Iowa is a weird team. They're kind of like Dayton. I actually think they could be a bid stealer. I think Drake is good enough to be a bid stealer. And I think Missouri State is good enough to be a bid stealer. And we talk about, I know the last couple of years, we haven't seen any really true madness and Arch Madness in St. Louis, but I think it could this year because Lyle Chicago looks very vulnerable despite a really good record. And I would not be surprised. Yeah, I'm just worried that Drake hasn't really beaten anybody yeah. in their non-conference. They got swept in that aforementioned ESPN invitational, including a seventh place game against North Texas. So yeah. you don't like seeing that. They also lost to Clemson, but that game was in overtime. His team is not the same Drake team from last year as much as I would like them to be. So we'll see. They have to go to Northern Iowa this weekend, and then they play Loyola next weekend. Should be a couple good tests. Loyola, though, as you mentioned, they seem like they're right there. They're back in the top 25 again because they just refuse to lose. They're 14-2 and with losses to Michigan State and Auburn. Those are top 15 teams. Like, there's nothing else you can say about this team. They won at DePaul. They won at Vanderbilt. They won at San Francisco. They continue to go out. They play their game. They they just dominate. They don't even have the same head coach as they had last year. They've yeah. got this young guy. What's his name? Drew Valentine. Yeah, and he's just killing it for this team. They've got a great roster of guys. And frankly, they're in the same kind of boat of, of conversation that we were discussing before. You know, if they go into March with like very low single digits, we're talking like four or five, maybe a 26, 27 win team, they win the conference too throw them right there as a five or a six. I mean, this is yeah. the best team that we've seen from Loyola. They were definitely this strong last year around this time, wound yeah. up falling to, I believe, a nine seed towards the end of the year. They dropped a game in conference to Drake, but they wound up winning the conference. So it'll be interesting to see. I do think that bid stealers are active in this conference. Would love to see Arch Madness going crazy, and uh, maybe I'll see you in St. Louis for that. Yeah, that would be very cool. Let's talk about the Ohio Valley very quickly. It's a two every year. It's just like Murray state Belmont. Let's go head to head. Let's see last year. No, I know more head state and they're good. This they're 
they've gotten a lot better as the season They're right has there. progressed. They're right there, and I think they could win the conference. Obviously, no at large, but they could win the title. Murray State and Belmont, very interesting resumes. Belmont probably has a better resume, but they have double the losses that Murray State has. And Murray State just went to Belmont and won by 22 points. Oh so both these teams, because of this conference, you can't lose to anybody. Maybe Morehead State on the road, but you can't lose to any other team. And I think both of those teams are good enough to run the table a little bit. And Belmont is, you know, they have some really interesting wins you know, not anything, nothing that stands out, but they have some wins that, you know, could pull some weight. The road win at St. Louis, I think, is quad one as of right now. You know, they have the Iona win that looks very good on a neutral site. They beat Drake. They beat Drake, you know, and you know, their losses. Ohio on the road, on the road, which Ohio looks really good. Um, we're not going to talk about it now, large. Bobcat team just yet, but they look really good. They beat a good Furman team at home in overtime. Dayton, you know, lost by two. We'll see. But Murray State, they have one horrible loss, neutral site to, I think, East Tennessee State. But their other loss is to, I want to, it's an SEC Auburn. team. One. They yeah, lost Auburn. Auburn. And they stayed in that for a lot of that game, actually. Exactly. So they also beat Memphis, who is yeah. not great, but that's a power five win. Yeah, so what I'm saying is Murray State, you lose one game the rest of the regular season. And then you lose in the conference tournament. Four loss, do you get multiple bit Ohio Valley? See, this is the conversation. You know, obviously we're playing this out with the hypothetical. Yeah. Okay, they only have that many losses. But just to play the hypothetical, would you rather have a 12-loss team in the middle of the Big Ten, like a Rutgers or would you rather have a two-bit Ohio Valley? I know what we would rather have, but let's see what yeah. he has to say. Exactly. And I think college basketball fans would rather have a two-bit Ohio Valley. And we've seen, you know, these teams are probably better than the average power five. Let's be honest. Other than, you know, the typical Syracuses and Florida States of the world, usually, you know, these teams don't really do anything. Obviously, UCLA did it last year, but – Usually you don't have, you know, mediocre power fives do anything in the tournament. Okay. Before we get into bubble talk and then we'll talk about some big games and we'll wrap up the show. The WAC has had some expansion. Waction. Waction. And this conference, I mean, it's like a shopping list of how many teams are in it. I don't know how many. There's a lot. And you got some really good teams in the field. Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, Seattle right now, all undefeated. Seattle, who knew they had a basketball team, but they're undefeated in the conference. SFA's in this conference. Utah Valley's in this conference. Abilene Christian's in this conference. Cal Baptist is in this conference. And, of course, Chicago State, two and four. Six wins. Six wins. That's probably the last, like, three years combined. Special, special group. But my point is, it's not multiple bid league, no question about that. But New Mexico State, Grand Canyon. Two teams, either of them, I would love to see in the tournament. I think both these teams are really, really good. They have really nice records as well. I'm excited to see when they play. I think it is. Yes. Yeah, next Saturday. Very exciting. But, Josh, any thoughts about the WAC before we move on? I just thought we should talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun conference. Really, for me, the only thing I want to say is that Abilene Christian's in the middle of the pack, and that's where they should stay because I absolutely hate that team and will for the rest yeah. of my life. 
Yeah, they they are not a real best. Keep an eye on Sam Houston State, though. They're right there, too. They had a really, really tough non-conference, but they're 5-1 and one in conference right now. They've got some upcoming big games against both New Mexico State and Grand Canyon, both at home this week. You win one of those two games, you're right at the top. Yeah, and they have that transfer from Texas A&M who's really, really good. Savion Flagg, I uh, saw him play against the Longhorns earlier this year. Yeah, we played year. that team, I remember. We won by 16. Yeah. So I, I think they're a solid team. Whack will get wacky as it always does. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Let's move to the bubble. Mm. We have a lot of teams in the bubble. We could discuss this all day. There's so many, but just I'll mention a few. I'll compare them. You, you'll tell me who you like between the two. Florida State, Miami. I think both of these teams are going to make the tournament, but okay. honestly, just because of Leonard Hamilton, give me Florida State. Okay, fair. Arkansas slash Belmont Murray State. Between See, this is the conversation we were just having. Yeah. The question is, is Arkansas that bad? Not No disrespect to the Ohio Valley. It's just yeah. a question of whether or not Arkansas is in the second tier of the SEC or the third tier of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Huh. I want your take on this one first. Well, I, it depends – on the records of Belmont and Murray State, but let's as assume right now, that they have at most five losses. If Belmont's the team that has five losses, okay, Belmont will be six. Belmont can't have more than six, and I'm happy with them. Yeah, I it's tough. I mean, I have to see what Arkansas does because I do think Arkansas can figure it out. I really like their team. Down but... the stretch, though, they have to play Auburn again. At yeah. Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, and then at Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, listen. They might be like a 10-11 loss team. It might be like 20-11. and 11. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I really think, though, you know, in that scenario, you put in a Murray State or Belmont in the first four. We saw, you know, a few years ago when Belmont went to the first four and they won their game pretty easily and almost beat the six-seed Maryland. I mean, I think you put them in unless Arkansas has unless Arkansas has a 20 and 11 record with wins against like Kentucky, Ellis, Kentucky, LSU, Auburn, like multiple of those kind of wins. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't put them in. So it'll be interesting to monitor. Yeah. Let's stick in the state of Texas here. Texas A&M, TCU. Texas A&M, like I said, they've got that challenge of the SEC coming up. They might drop from a 15-2 and nearly ranked team to absolute oblivion. They still have to play LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, at LSU, and Kentucky. They have not played a single team this year that is ranked, with the exception of Wisconsin. I, uh, I don't know. TCU has been looking actually kind of good. They had a little bit of a COVID pause, but they're only 12 and two with losses to the number one team in the country. And that's Santa Clara, who yeah. was good at the beginning of the season. So we'll see. They have the gauntlet of the Big 12 as well. Honestly, give me the Horn Frogs. I hate AM so much. Give me the Horn okay. Frogs. Okay. Fair. Okay. I only have one team on the list, but let me think of another team that could we can compare them to. We're going to start with Marquette. And then we are also. Going to do let's see here. about Wake Forest. Yeah, we can do Wake for- Mark and Wake Forest. Who you like? 
Wake Forest hasn't beaten anybody. <laughs> they went to Vatek, which is a conference win. But Va- oh my God, Vatek's at the bottom of the conference this year. This is tough. Marquette is 12 and 6, though. They had a nice win against Seton Hall. They play at Villanova tonight, and then they have to play at home against Xavier on Sunday. That's a mini gauntlet. And they still have to go to Providence, play Nova again, and go to UConn. They don't have any bad losses, though. Not a single bad loss. Bonnie's, I'll still consider a decent loss, although it was at home. Neutral floor as well. Yeah, neutral floor. At Wisconsin. Good team. UCLA, great team. At Xavier, good team. UConn, Creighton. I, I mean, Creighton's probably the worst one of those. So I, I think that I'm going to go with Marquette, to be completely okay. honest with you. Wake Forest is probably going to jump around in the ACC, lose some games that they shouldn't, and it's the ACC. They're only going to get four or five bids. Big East might get five bids as well, and Marquette might be that fifth. Yeah, I agree. I like Marquette's chances. I don't think Wake Forest will get in. Oh, I got a question for you. Marquette or Texas? Um, <laughs> as of right now, Marquette, unless Texas can pick up some big wins against the teams we talked about, like Texas. Watch Marquette get a turning win in Shaka's first year there. No, wouldn't be surprised. As a double-digit double seed, would not be surprised. Last one that we'll do before we move on to the big games and wrap it up, we go to the West Coast. St. Mary's or San Francisco? This is tough. Yeah. I like San Francisco a lot. And St. Mary's is always a staple. So it would definitely be a, a reversal. I think San Francisco needs to make a really, really big splash. And that would have started on Saturday against BYU at home. That was a tough loss. I really like the fact that they went out and scheduled some tougher games in their non-conference. They've beaten Davidson. They beat UNLV and Fresno State. They had a very, very small loss by one point to Grand Canyon. They won at Arizona State, but that doesn't mean a ton. Took care of business against the Academy of Art, which we love to see. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I think the, the major test will be how they look at BYU, how they play against Santa Clara, and they only play St. Mary's at home. For the time being, they'll probably reschedule the postponed game yeah. at St. Mary's. So look at those two games and see how they play. St. Mary's obviously had a pretty good non-conference too, but they also lost to BYU recently. So I'll, I'll put BYU over both of these teams. Maybe the West Coast gets a three bid this year if one of them makes it in though. I think they're going to get three bids. You think I think that, how confident are you that San Francisco or St. Mary's will get a bid this year? I'm not super confident. I would right now. I would say sixty percent. One of those two teams getting as of right now. A lot of mid majors getting teams in this year because power conferences just can't be good top to bottom. Yeah, and a lot of power conferences have some interesting losses. Like another bubble team, sort of on the bubble, Rutgers. They have that Q four loss to I think Lafayette at home earlier in the year. It's love like it. love it. Like give it to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on two games to watch this weekend as we wrap up the show there are a lot of big games first i mean before we get to the weekend i guess let's start with purdue and indiana another bubble game indiana really could use this win that is tomorrow night on thursday it's not asking a lot purdue has been popping games like this yeah do you think indiana can pull it off 
Do I think they can? Yes. Will they? No. I am in this. I'm in the same boat. I'm rooting for Purdue. Do not want Indiana to pick up that big of a win for sure. Another interesting game happening tonight, LSU and Bama. Can Bama get back to being themselves? I think they're actually favored in this game, if I'm not if mistaken. If they lose this game, they're 11-7. and seven. Yeah. I, they're starting <laughs> to fall off the bubble and then some. I know they're a four point favorite as well. Vegas really likes them tonight. Nate Oates, come on, guy. Like, you got to put it together here. And LSU, this is one of those games. Like, in the SEC, put teams away. Yeah. If you're LSU, you got to win this game. If you're Bama, you got to win this game. So, big game tonight. Huge game, 6 p.m. ESPN2 Central Time. Have to check that one out for sure. And then we have a very fun, interesting game on a day you wouldn't expect Friday. Usually you get Ivy League and small mid-majors, but you also have Michigan State going to Wisconsin. Gigantic game. Huge. Who do you like, Johnny Davis? Or do you like, uh, you know, April, March, Izzo, or whatever it is? I mean, it's it's in Madison, which is yeah. tough. I would expect the Badgers to take care of business. I like Michigan State to pull this one off. Really? Well, the thing is, it's going to be a defensive battle. And if it's yeah. really defensive, then Michigan State's going to win because they've been the better defensive team this year, despite Wisconsin really playing to that strength usually. Yeah. And they've had a full – they're not playing this week until this game. Full week after the Northwestern loss, I think Tom is going to be ready to go in Madison. Yeah, yeah coming and, off that loss, they're going to be really hyped up. And Wisconsin's yeah. been hot lately, so maybe they're due for a loss. I can see it. Curious yeah. to see what that spread looks like. Me too. Let's talk about another big game in the Aztecs and Boise State Saturday. Big game yeah. for both teams. Yeah, honestly, this is going to be a close one. The Aztecs should pull it off. Like I said, I don't think Boise State has really had any quality wins this year. So give me the Aztecs. Okay, I'll go with the Aztecs for now, but very concerned given the COVID pause, how they're going to play. A lot of teams really struggle off COVID pauses. Um, another game we'll mention really quickly. We talked about Lyle Chicago being very close to losing Saturday could be a case Lyle Chicago, Missouri state, Missouri state can really score the basketball. I think they're a bona fide bid stealer. Can they pull it off in Chicago? No, we no. only should take care of business in this game. They might be close though. So maybe take Missouri state spread. Yeah. I think it's going to be really close. Wouldn't be surprised there. Any last games that you have your eye on this weekend before we wrap it up? Game of the weekend, Kentucky-Auburn? Yes. I'm going to be bold. Give me the Wildcats. Go into Auburn. Big win for the conference. I'm going to go with Auburn. I really want Auburn to win. I really don't like Kentucky. I think at home environment, I think Auburn has the better athletes and they play better defense. So give me the Tigers and Bruce Pearl, part of the tribe. Huge for the program. We need it. Let's pick up the win. Okay. Any last thoughts before we, you know, fly away? Dude, incredible amount of content that we just jammed in the last hour. I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. But otherwise, I'm all good on my end. Yeah. Uh, what a roller coaster it was. The season's been a roller coaster. Hopefully, the COVID pauses and games getting postponed and canceled starting to. Decline, 
don't want to jinx things, but starting to decline. Hopefully that continues and we have a real March Madness this year. I'm confident, but let's get there. Let's enjoy the ride as well. A lot of fun things to talk about. We'll get into next week as well. Enjoy the basketball. You know, if you're a Texas fan, I'm sorry, but we live with this. It's okay. For Josh, for myself, Adam, thank you so much for joining us on the Why Not Us College Basketball Edition. We will see you next week with some more hoops.